so we begin week 8 uh, and day 50 looking through more of Leviticus looking at more interesting laws and regulations concerning all sorts of things and as we start week 8 we go into regulations concerning marriage and then several feasts um, hopefully as you've been going along there is a lot of strange laws and lots of uh, sort of interesting things if you want to find out more about them there are plenty of commentaries to, to tell you as well, but get in touch with me if you want to, to know a little bit more as well. So Leviticus 18, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, I am the Lord your God. Do not follow the practices of the land of Egypt where you used to live, or follow the practices of the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You must not follow their customs. You are to practice my ordinances, and you are to keep my statutes by following them. I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and ordinances. A person will live if he does them. I am the Lord. You are not to come near any close relative for sexual intercourse. I am the Lord. You are not to shame your father by having sex with your mother. She is your mother. You must not have sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sex with your father's wife. It will shame your father. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's. Whether born at home or born elsewhere, you're not to have sex with her. You're not to have sexual intercourse with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, because it will shame your family. You're not to have sexual intercourse with your father's wife's daughter, who is adopted by your father. She is your sister. You're not to have sexual intercourse with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. You're not to have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister, for she is your mother's close relative. You are not to shame your father's brother by coming near his wife to have sexual intercourse. She is your aunt. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You are not to have sex with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your brother's wife. It will shame your brother. You are not to have sexual intercourse with a woman and her daughter. You are not to marry her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter and have sex with her. They are close relatives. It is depraved. You are not to marry a woman as a rival to her sister and have sexual intercourse with her during her sister's lifetime. You are not to come near a woman during her menstrual impurity to have sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your neighbour's wife, defiling yourself with her. You are not to make any of your children pass through the fire to Molech. Do not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You are not to sleep with a man as with a woman. It is detestable. You are not to have sexual intercourse with any animal, defiling yourself with it. A man is not to present herself to oh, sorry, a woman is not to present herself to an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. Do not defile yourselves by any of these practices, for the nations I am driving out before you have defiled themselves by all these things. The land has become defiled, so I am punishing it for its sin, and the land will vomit out its inhabitants. But you are to keep my statutes and ordinances. You must not commit any of these abominations, not the native or the foreigner who lives among you. For the men who were in the land prior to you have committed all these abominations, and the land has become defiled. If you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it has vomited out the nations that were before you. Any person who does any of these abominations must be cut off from his people. You must keep my instruction to not do any of these detestable customs that were practiced before you so that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am the Lord your God. The Lord spoke to Moses, 
Say to the Israelites, any Israelite or foreign or living in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch must be put to death. The people of the country are to stone him. I will turn against that man and cut him off from his people because he gives his offspring to Molech, defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. But if the people of the country look the other way when that man gives any of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will turn against that man and his family and cut off from their people both him and all who follow him, prostituting themselves with Molech. Whoever turns to mediums or spirits and prostitutes himself with them, I will turn against that person and cut him off from his people. A man or woman who is a medium or a spiritist must be put to death. They are to be stoned. Their blood is on their own hands. And then we go into Leviticus 23 for the rest of today. Uh, about the feasts. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, These are my appointed times, the times of the Lord that you will proclaim as sacred assemblies. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest, a sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord wherever you live. These are the Lord's appointed times, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Passover to the Lord comes in the first month at twilight on the fourteenth day of the month. The festival of unleavened bread to the Lord is on the fifteenth day of the same month. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. On the seventh day there will be a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work. The Lord spoke to Moses. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter the land I am giving you and reap its harvest, you are to bring the first sheaf of your harvest to the priest. He will wave the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, you are to offer a year-old male lamb without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering is to be four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a fire offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering will be one quart of wine. You must not eat bread, roasted grain, or any new grain until this very day, and you have brought the offering of your God. This is to be a permanent statute throughout your generations wherever you live. You are to count seven complete weeks starting from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the presentation offering. You are to count fifty days until the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. Bring two loaves of bread from your settlements as a presentation offering, each of them made from four quarts of fine flour baked with yeast, as first fruits to the Lord. You are to present with the bread seven unblemished male lambs, a year old, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You are also to prepare one male goat as a sin offering, and two male lambs a year old as a fellowship sacrifice. The priest will wave the lambs with the bread of its first fruits as a presentation offering before the Lord. The bread and the two lambs will be holy to the Lord for the priest. On that same day you are to make a proclamation and hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. This is to be a permanent statute wherever you live throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap all the way to the edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreign resident. I am the Lord your God. The Lord spoke to Moses, 
Tell the Israelites in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest, commemoration and jubilation, a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work, but you must present a fire offering to the Lord. The Lord again spoke to Moses. The tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly and practice self-denial. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord. On this particular day you are not to do any work, for it, it is a day of atonement, to make atonement for yourselves before the Lord your God. If any person does not practice self-denial on this particular day, he must be cut off from his people. I will destroy among his people anyone who does any work on this same day. You are not to do any work. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations wherever you live. It will be a Sabbath of complete rest for you, and you must practice self-denial. You are to observe your Sabbath from the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, The festival of booths to the Lord begins on the fifteenth day of the seventh month and continues for seven days. There is to be a sacred assembly on the first day. You are not to do any daily work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. On the eighth day you are to hold a sacred assembly and present a fire offering to the Lord. It is a solemn gathering. You are not to do any daily work. These are the Lord's appointed times that you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for presenting fire offerings to the Lord, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each on its designated day. These are in addition to the offerings for the Lord's Sabbaths, your gifts, all your vow offerings, and all your free will offerings that you give to the Lord. You are to celebrate the Lord's festival on the fifteenth day of the seventh month for seven days after you have gathered the produce of the land. There will be complete rest on the first day and complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day you are to take the product of majestic trees, palm fronds, bows of leafy trees and willows of the brook and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord seven days each year. This is a permanent statute for you throughout your generations. You must celebrate it on the seventh month. You are to live in booths for seven days. All the native born of Israel must live in booths, so that your generations may know that I made the Israelites live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared the Lord's appointed times to the Israelites. And there we end, day 50. Day 51, as we continue through Leviticus. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the entire Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you is to respect his mother and father. You are to keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images of gods or yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you offer a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord, Sacrifice it that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the day you sacrifice it, or on the next day, but what remains on the third day must be burned up. If any is eaten on the third day, it is a repulsive thing. It will not be accepted. Anyone who eats it will bear his punishment, for he has profaned what is holy to the Lord. That person must be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap to the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You must not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the foreign resident. I am the Lord your God. You must not steal. 
You must not act deceptively or lie to one another. You must not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God, for I am the Lord. You must not oppress your neighbour or rob him. The wages due a hard hand must not remain with you until morning. You must not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but you are to fear your God. I am the Lord. You must not act unjustly when rendering judgment. Do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbour fairly. You must not go about spreading slander among your people. You must not jeopardise your neighbour's life. I am the Lord. You must not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbour directly and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. You are to keep my statutes. You must not crossbreed two different kinds of your livestock, sow your fields with two kinds of seed, or put on a garment made of two kinds of material. If a man has sexual intercourse with a woman who is a slave designated for another man, but she has not been redeemed or given her freedom, there must be punishment. There are not to be put to death, because she had not been freed. However, he must bring his ram as a restitution offering to the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord with the ram of the restitution offering for the sin he has committed, and he will be forgiven for the sin he committed. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, you are to consider the fruit forbidden. It will be forbidden to you for three years. It is not to be eaten. In the fourth year all its fruit must be consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord. But in the fifth year you may eat its fruit. In this way its yield will increase for you. I am the Lord your God. You are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or sorcery. You are not to cut off the hair at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard. You are not to make gashes on your body for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not debase your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be prostituted and filled with depravity. You must keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or consult spiritists, or you will be defiled for them. But I am the Lord. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honour the old. Fear your God. I am the Lord. When a foreigner lives with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You must regard the foreigner who lives with you as the native-born among yourself. You are to love him as yourself, for you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You must not act unfairly in measurements of length, weight or volume. You are to have honest balances, honest weights, an honest dry measure and an honest liquid measure. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must keep all my statutes and my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sets you apart. If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His blood is on his own hands. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his neighbour's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has shamed his father. Both of them must be put to death. Their blood is on their own hands. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. They have acted perversely. Their blood is on their own hands. If a man sleeps with a woman, with a if a, if a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a, an abomination. They must be put to death. Their blood is on their own hands. 
if a man marries a woman and his her mother it is depraved both he and they must be burned with fire so there will be no depravity among you if a man has sexual intercourse with an animal he must be put to death you are also to kill the animal if a woman comes near any animal and mates with it you are to kill the woman and the animal they must be put to death their own blood is on them if a man marries his sister whether his father's daughter or his mother's daughter and they have sexual relations it is a disgrace they must be cut off publicly from their people he has had sexual intercourse with his sister he will bear his punishment if a man sleeps with a menstruating woman and has sexual intercourse with her he has exposed the source of her flow and she has uncovered the source of her blood both of them must be cut off from their people you must not have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister or your father's sister for it is exposing one's own blood relative. Both people will bear their punishment. If a man sleeps with his aunt, he has shamed his uncle. They will bear their guilt and die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has shamed his brother. They will be childless. You are to keep all my statutes and my ordinances, and do them so that the land where I am bringing you to live will not vomit you out. You must not follow the statutes of the nations I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and I abhorred them. And I promised you, you will inherit their land, since I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who set you apart from the peoples. Therefore you must distinguish the clean animal from the unclean one, and the unclean bird from the clean one. You are not to make yourselves detestable by any land animal, bird, or whatever crawls in the ground. I have set these apart as unclean for you, you are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be mine. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron's sons, the priests, and tell them, A priest is not to make himself ceremonially unclean for a dead person among his relatives, except for his immediate family, his mother, father, son, daughter, or brother. He may make himself clean for his young unmarried sister in his immediate family. He is not to make himself unclean for those related to him by marriage and so defile himself. Priests may not make ball spots on their heads, shave the edge of their beards or make gashes on their body. They are to be holy to their God and not profane the name of their God because they present the fire offerings to the Lord, the food of their God. They must be holy. They are not to marry a woman defiled by prostitution or divorced by her husband for the priest is holy to his God. You are to consider him holy since he presents the food of your God. He will be holy to you because I, the Lord, who sets you apart, am holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by promiscuity, she defiles her father. She must be burned up. The priest who is highest among his brothers, who has had the anointing oil poured on his head and has been ordained to wear the garments, must not dishevel his hair or tear his garments. He must not go near any dead person or make himself unclean, even for his father or mother. He must not leave the sanctuary or he will desecrate the sanctuary of his God, for the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He is to marry a woman who is a virgin. He is not to marry a widow, a divorced woman, or one defiled by prostitution. He is to marry a virgin from his own people, so that he does not corrupt his bloodline among his people, for I am the Lord who sets him apart. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron, none of your descendants throughout your generations who has a physical defect is to come near to present the food of his God. 
No man who has any defect is to come near. No man who is blind, lame, facially disfigured or deformed. No man who has a broken foot or hand, or who has a, is a hunchback or a dwarf, or who has an eye feet defect, a festering rash, scabs or a crushed testicle. No descendant of Aaron, the priest who has a defect, is to come near to present the fire offerings to the Lord. He has a defect and is not to come near to present the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God from what is especially holy, as well as from what is holy. But because he has a defect, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar. He is not to desecrate my sanctuaries, for I am the Lord who sets them apart. Moses said this to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to deal respectfully with the holy offerings of the Israelites that they have consecrated to me, so they do not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, If any man from any of your descendants throughout your generations is in a state of uncleanness yet approaches the holy offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person will be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. No man of Aaron's descendants who has a skin disease or a discharge is to eat from the holy offerings until he is clean. Whoever touches anything made unclean by a dead person or by a man who has an emission of semen or whoever touches any swarming creature that makes him unclean or any person who makes him unclean, whether his uncleanness or whatever his uncleanness, the man who touches any of these will remain unclean until evening and is not to eat from the holy offerings unless he has bathed his body with water. When the sun has set, he will become clean, and then he may eat from the holy offerings, for that is his food. He must not eat an animal that died naturally, or was mauled by wild beasts, making himself unclean by it. I am the Lord. They must keep my instruction, or they will be guilty and die because they profane it. I am the Lord who sets them apart. No one outside a priest's family is to eat the holy offering. A foreigner staying with a priest or a hired hand is not to eat the holy offering. But if a priest purchases someone with his money, that person may eat it, and those born in his house may eat his food. If the priest's daughter is married to a man outside a priest's family, she is not to eat from the holy contributions. But if the priest's daughter becomes widow or divorced, has no children and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she may share her father's food, but no outsider may share it. If anyone eats a holy offering in error, he must add a fifth to its value and give the holy offering to the priest. The priests must not profane the holy offerings the Israelites give to the Lord and have them bear the penalty of restitution if the people eat their holy offerings. For I am the Lord who sets them apart. And there we end day 51. Day 52 as we continue through uh, a few last chapters of Leviticus and then go into Numbers we read Leviticus twenty two seventeen to thirty three and then twenty four ten through to twenty three and then going to, to Numbers chapter five but Leviticus twenty two The Lord spoke to Moses Speak to Aaron his sons and all the Israelites and tell them Any of the man of the house or Israel or of the foreign residents in Israel who presents his offering, whether they present free will gifts or payments of vows to the Lord as burnt offerings, must offer an unblemished meal from the cattle, sheep, or goats in order for you to be accepted. You are not to present anything that has a defect, because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When a man presents a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord to fulfil a vow or as a free will offering from the herd or flock, it has to be unblemished to be acceptable, 
there must be no defect in it. You are not to present any animal to the Lord that is blind, injured, maimed, or has a running sore, festering rash, or scabs. You may not put any of them in the altar as a fire offering to the Lord. You may sacrifice as a freewill offering any animal from the herd or flock that has an elongated or stunted limb, but it is not acceptable as a vow offering. You are not to present to the Lord anything that has been bruised, crushed, torn, or severed testicles. You must not sacrifice them in your land. Neither you nor a foreigner are to present food to your God from any of these animals. They will not be accepted for you because they are deformed and have a defect. The Lord spoke to Moses, When an ox, sheep, or goat is born, it must remain with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on it will be acceptable as a gift, a fire offering to the Lord. But you are not to slaughter an animal from the herd or flock on the same day as its young. When you sacrifice a thank offering to the Lord, sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the same day. Do not let any of it remain until morning. I am the Lord. You are to keep my commands and do them. I am the Lord. You must not profane my holy name. I must be treated as holy among the Israelites. I am the Lord who sets you apart, the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Then into Leviticus 24. Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father was among the Israelites. A fight broke out in the camp between the Israelite woman's son and an Israelite man. Her son cursed and blasphemed the name, and they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shehlomith, a daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. They put him in custody until the Lord's decision could be made clear to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Bring the one who is cursed to the outside of the camp, and have all who heard him lay their hands on his head. Then have the whole community stone him. And tell the Israelites, If anyone curses his God, he will bear the consequences of his son. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The whole community must stone him. If he blasphemes the name, he is to be put to death, whether the foreign resident or the native. After Moses spoke to the Israelites, they brought the one who had cursed the outside of the camp and stoned him. So the Israelites did as the Lord had commanded Moses. If a man kills anyone, he must be put to death. Whoever kills an animal is to make restitution for it, life for life. If any man inflicts a permanent injury on his neighbour, whatever he has done is to be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Whatever injury he inflicted on the person, the same is to be inflicted on him. Whoever kills an animal is to make restitution for it, but whoever kills a person is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for the foreign resident and the native, because I am the Lord your God. And then we move into Numbers chapter 5, and go through chapters 5 and 6, and then into 9. Numbers 5. The Lord instructed Moses, Command the Israelites to send away anyone from the camp who is afflicted with a skin disease, anyone who has a bodily discharge, or anyone who is defiled because of a corpse. You must send away both male or female, send them outside the camp so that they will not defile their camps where I dwell among them. The Israelites did this, sending them outside the camp. The Israelites did as the Lord instructed Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, when a man or woman commits any sin against another, that person acts unfaithfully toward the Lord and is guilty. The person is to confess the sin he has committed. He is to pay full compensation, 
add a fifth of its value to it and give it to the individual he has wronged. But if that individual has no relative to receive compensation, the compensation goes to the Lord for the priest, along with the atonement ram by which the priest will make atonement for the guilty person. Every holy contribution the Israelites present to the priest will be his. Each one's holy contribution is his to give. What each one gives to the priest will be his. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, If any man's wife goes astray, is unfaithful to him and sleeps with another, but it is concealed from her husband and she is undetected, even though she has defiled herself since there is no witness against her and she wasn't caught in the act, and if a feeling of jealousy comes over the husband and he becomes jealous because of his wife who was defiled herself, or if a feeling of jealousy comes over him and he becomes jealous of her though she had not defiled herself, then the man is to bring his wife to the priest. He is also to bring an offering for her of two quarts of barley flour. He is not to pour oil over it or put frankincense on it, because it is a grain offering of jealousy, a grain offering for remembrance that brings sin to mind. The priest is to bring her forward and have her stand before the Lord. Then the priest is to take holy water in a clay bowl and take some of the dust from the tabernacle floor and put it in the water. After the priest has the woman stand before the Lord, he is to let down her hair and place in her hands the grain offering for remembrance, which is the grain offering of jealousy. The priest is to hold the bitter water that brings a curse. The priest will require the woman to take an oath and will say to her, If no man has slept with you, if you have not gone astray and become defiled while under your husband's authority, be unaffected by this bitter water that brings a curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, if you have defiled yourself and a man other than your husband has slept with you, at this point the priest must make the woman take the oath with the sworn curse, and he is to say to her, May the Lord make you into an object of your people's cursing and swearing, when he makes your thigh shrivel and your belly swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your stomach, causing your belly to swell and your thigh to shrivel. And the woman must reply, Amen, Amen. Then the priest is to write these curses on a scroll and wash them into the bitter water. He will require the woman to drink the bitter water that brings a curse, and it will enter her and cause bitter suffering. The priest is to take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand, wave the offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. The priest is to take a handful of the grain offering as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar. Then he will require the woman to drink the water. When he makes her drink the water, if she has defiled herself and been unfaithful to her husband, the water that brings a curse will enter her and cause bitter suffering. Her belly will swell and her thigh will shrivel. She will become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is pure, she will be unaffected and will be able to conceive children. This is the law regarding jealousy when a wife goes astray and defiles herself while under her husband's authority, or when a feeling of jealousy comes over a husband and he becomes jealous of his wife. He is to have the woman stand before the Lord and the priest will apply this entire ritual to her. The husband will be free of guilt, but that woman will bear the consequences of her guilt. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When a man or woman makes a special vow, a Nazarite vow to consecrate to himself to the Lord, he is to abstain from wine and beer. He must not drink vinegar made from wine or from beer. He must not drink any grape juice or eat fresh grapes or raisins. 
He has not eaten anything produced by the grapevine from seeds to skin during his vow. You must not cut his hair throughout the time of his vow of consecration. He must be holy until the time is completed, during which he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is to let the hair of his head grow long. He must not go near a dead body during the time he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is not to defile himself for his father or mother or his brother or sister when they die, because the hair consecrated to his God is on his head. He is holy to the Lord during the time of consecration. If someone suddenly dies near him, defiling his consecrated head of hair, he must shave his head on the day of his purification. He is to shave it on the seventh day. On the eighth day he is to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement on behalf of the Nazarite, since he sinned because of the corpse. On that day he must consecrate his head again. He is to rededicate his time of consecration to the Lord and to bring a year-old male lamb as a restitution offering. But do not count the previous period because he consecrated hair has become defiled. This is the law of the Nazarite. On the day his time of consecration is completed, he must be brought to the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to present an offering to the Lord of one unblemished year-old male lamb as a burnt offering, one unblemished year-old female lamb as a sin offering, one unblemished ram as a fellowship offering, along with their grain offerings and drink offerings, and a basket of unleavened cakes made from fine flour, mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers coated with oil. The priest is to present these before the Lord and sacrifice the Nazarite's sin offering and burnt offering. He will also offer the ram as a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord, together with the basket of unleavened bread. Then the priest will offer the accompanying grain offering and drink offering. The Nazarite is to shave his consecrated head at the entrance to the tent of meeting, take the hair from his head and put it on the fire under the fellowship sacrifice. The priest is to take the boiled shoulder from the ram, one unleavened cake from the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and put them into the hands of the Nazarite after he has shaved his consecrated head. The priest is to wave them as a presentation offering before the Lord. It is a holy portion for the priest, in addition to the breast of the presentation offering and the thigh of the contribution. After that, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the ritual of the Nazarite who vows his offering to the Lord for his consecration. In addition to whatever else he can afford, he must fulfil whatever vow he makes in keeping with the ritual for his consecration. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look with favour on you and give you peace. In this way they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And then we go into Numbers chapter 9. In the first month of the second year, after their departure from the land of Egypt, the Lord told Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, The Israelites are to observe the Passover at its appointed time. You must observe it at its appointed time on the fourteenth day of this month at twilight. You are to observe it according to all its statutes and ordinances. So Moses told the Israelites to observe the Passover, and they observed it in the first month, on the fourteenth day at twilight, in the wilderness of Sinai. The Israelites did everything as the Lord had commanded Moses, but there were some men who were unclean because of a human corpse, so they could not observe the Passover on that day. 
These men came before Moses and Aaron the same day and said to him, We are unclean because of a human corpse. Why should we be excluded from presenting the Lord's offering at its appointed time with the other Israelites? Moses replied to them, Wait here until I hear what the Lord commands for you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, When any one of your descendants saw you as unclean because of a corpse, or is on a distant journey, he may still observe the Passover to the Lord. Such people are to observe it in the second month on the fourteenth day at twilight. They are to eat the animal with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They must not leave any of it until morning or break any of its bones. They must observe the Passover according to all its statutes. But the man who is, who is ceremonially clean is not on a journey and yet fails to observe the Passover is to be cut off from his people because he did not present the Lord's offering at its appointed time. That man will bear the consequences of his sin. If a foreigner resides with you and wants to observe the Passover to the Lord, he is to do so according to the Passover statute and its ordinances. You are to apply the same statute to both the foreign resident and the native of the land. And there we end day 52. Day 53, reading from Numbers chapter 1. Uh, and we go through the first couple of numbers uh, to 2.31 and then into numbers 33, 1-6 and dip into Deuteronomy as well. So there's a little bit of chronological things going on today and quite a few descendants of tribes, things like that. The numbering of the people in Numbers chapter 1. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of the second year after Israel's departure from the land of Egypt. Take a census of the entire Israelite community by their clans and their ancestral homes, counting the names of every meal one by one. You and Aaron are to register those who are 20 years old or more by their military divisions, everyone who can serve in Israel's army. A man from each tribe is to be with you, each one the head of his ancestral house. These are the names of the men who are to assist you. Elizar, son of Shudar from Reuben, Shilumil, son of Zerashadi from Simeon, Nashon, son of Aminabad from Judah, Nathaniel, son of Zuar from Ishkar, Eliab, son of Helon from Zebulun, from the sons of Joseph, Elishama, son of Amahud from Ephraim, Gamaliel, son of Pedazur from Manasseh, Abadan, son of Gideonai from Benjamin, Ahizer, son of Amashadi from Dan, Pagiel, son of Ochran from Asher, Eliasaph, son of Deol from Gad, Ahiri, son of Enan from Naphtali. These are the men called from their community. They are the leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of Israel's clans. So Moses and Aaron took these men who had been designated by name, and they assembled the whole community on the first day of the second month. They recorded their ancestry by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting one by one the names of those twenty years old or more, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He registered in the wilderness of Sinai. The descendants of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting one by one the names of every male, twenty years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Reuben numbered 46,500. The descendants of Simeon, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, those registered counting one by one the names of every male twenty years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Simeon numbered 59,300. 
the descendants of Gad according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Gad numbered 45,650. The descendants of Judah, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Judah numbered 74,600. The descendants of Ishkar, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Ishkar numbered 54,400. The descendants of Zebulun, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Zebulun numbered 57,400. The descendants of Joseph. The descendants of Ephraim, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Ephraim numbered 40,500. The descendants of Manasseh, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Manasseh numbered 32,200. The descendants of Benjamin, according to their family records, by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Benjamin, numbered 35,400. The descendants of Dan, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Dan, numbered 62,700. The descendants of Asher, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Asher numbered 41,500. The descendants of Naphtali, according to their family records by their clans and their ancestral houses, counting the names of those 20 years old or more, everyone who could serve in the army, those registered for the tribe of Naphtali, numbered 53,400. These are the men Moses and Aaron registered, with the assistance of the twelve leaders of Israel, each represented his ancestral house. So all the Israelites, twenty years old or more, everyone who could serve in Israel's army, were registered by their ancestral houses. All those registered numbered 603,550. But the Levites were not registered with them by their ancestral tribe, for the Lord had told Moses, Do not register or take a census of the tribe of Levi with the other Israelites. Appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, all its furnishings and everything in it. They are to transport the tabernacle and all its articles, take care of it and camp around it. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down and whenever it is to stop at a campsite, the Levites are to set it up. Any unauthorized person who comes near it must be put to death. The Israelites are to camp by their military divisions, each man with his encampment encampment and under his banner. The Levites are to camp around the tabernacle of the testimony and watch over it, so that no wrath will fall on the Israelite community. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. 
the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, the Israelites are to camp under their respective banners beside the flags of their ancestral houses. They are to camp around the tent of meeting at a distance from it. And here we skip into Numbers 2 verse 17. The tent of meeting is to move out with the Levites' camp, which is in the middle of the camps. They are to move out just as they camp, each in his place with their banners. And then Numbers 2, 32 to 34. These are the Israelites registered by their ancestral houses. The total number in the camps by their military divisions is 603,550. But the Israelites were not registered among the Israelites. The Levites were not registered among the Israelites, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. They camped by their banners in this way and moved out the same way, each man by his clan and by his ancestral house. And then back into Numbers 2, 3-9. Judah's military divisions will camp on the east side towards the sunrise under their banner. The leader of the descendants of Judah is Nashon, son of Amminadab. His military division numbers 74,600. The tribe of Ishkar will camp next to it. The leader of the Ishakarites is Nathaniel, son of Zuar. His military division numbers 54,400. The tribe of Zebulun will be next. The leader of the Zebulonites is Eliabab, son of Helon. His military division numbers 54,400. The total number in their military divisions who belongs to Judah's encampment is 186,400. They will move out first. Reuben's military divisions will camp on the south side under the banner. The leader of the Reubenites is Elizur, son of Shudar. His military division numbers 46,500. The tribe of Simeon will camp next to it. The leader of the Simeonites is Shulumiel, son of Zerushadai. His military division numbers 59,300. The tribe of Gad will be next. The leader of the Gadites is Eliasaph, son of Deo. His military division numbers 45,650. The total number in their military divisions who belong to Reuben's encampment is 151,450. They will move out second. Ephraim's military divisions will camp on the west side under their banner. The leader of the Ephraimites is Lashema, son of Amahud. His military division numbers 40,500. The tribe of Manasseh will be next to it. The leader of the Manassites is Gamaliel, son of Pedahuzer. His military division numbers 32,200. The tribe of Benjamin will be next. The leader of the Benjaminites is Abinadad, son of Gideonai. His military division numbers 35,400. The total in their military divisions, who belongs to Ephraim's encampment, numbers 108,100. They will move out third. Dan's military divisions will camp on the north side, under their banner. The leader of the Danites is Ahizer, son of Amishadi. His military division numbers 62,700. The tribe of Asher will camp next to it. The leader of the Asherites is Pagal, son of Okran. His military division numbers 41,500. The tribe of Naphtali will be next. The leader of the Naphtalites is Ahiri, son of Enan. His military division numbers 53,400. The total number who belong to Dan's encampment is 157,600. They are to move out last with their banners. And then we go into numbers 33, 1-6. These were the stages of the Israelites' journey when they were, went out of the land of Egypt by their military divisions under the leadership of Moses and Aaron.
At the Lord's command, Moses wrote down the starting point for the stages of their journey. These are the stages listing by their starting point. They departed from Ramesses in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the month. On the day after the Passover, the Israelites went out triumphantly in the sight of all the Egyptians. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Egyptians were burying every firstborn male the Lord had struck down among them, for the Lord had executed judgment against their gods. The Israelites departed from Ramesses and camped at Sukkoth. They departed from Sukkoth and camped at Etham, which is on the edge of the wilderness. And we go into Deuteronomy 1, 6-18. The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. Resume your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and their neighbours in the Arabah, the hill country, the lowlands, the Negev and the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the Euphrates River. See, I have set the land before you. Enter and take possession of the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and their descendants after them. I said to you at that time, I can't bear the responsibility for you on my own. The Lord your God has so multiplied you that today you are as numerous as the stars of the sky. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised you. But how can I bear your troubles, burdens and disputes by myself? Appoint for yourselves wise, understanding and respected men from each of your tribes, and I will make them your leaders. You replied to me, what you propose to do is good. So I took the leaders of your tribes, wise and respected men, and set them over you as leaders, officials for thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens, and officers for your tribes. I commanded your judges at that time, hear the cases between your brothers and judge rightly between a man and his brother or a foreign resident. Do not show partiality when rendering judgment. Listen to small and great alike. Do not be intimidated by anyone, for judgment belongs to God. Bring me any case too difficult for you, and I will hear it. At that time I commanded you about all the things you were to do. And then we go into Numbers 10, 11-13. During the second year and the second month, on the twentieth day of the month, the cloud was lifted up above the tabernacle of the testimony. They set out for the first time according to the Lord's command through Moses. And there we end day 53. So we're into day 54 and we continue through Numbers. Um, this time we, are, we continue in Numbers 10, verse 14 through to 12, verse 15. And the journeys continue for the Israelites. Numbers 10, verse 14. The military divisions of the camp of Judah with their banner set out first, and Nashon son of Amminadab was over Judah's divisions. Nathaniel son of Zuar was over the division of the Ishkar tribe, and Eliab son of Helon was over the division of the Zebulun tribe. The tabernacle was then taken down, and the Gershonites and the Merarites set out, transporting the tabernacle. And we dealt with that before, and you'll remember that. The military divisions of the camp of Reuben with their banner set out, and Eliezer son of Shudur was over Reuben's division. Shumel son of Zerishadi was over the division of Simeon's tribe and Eliasaph son of Duel was over the division of the tribe of Gad. The Kohathites then set out transporting the holy objects. The tabernacle was to be set up before their arrival. Next the military divisions of the camp of Ephraim with their banner set out and Elishama son of Amahihub was over Ephraim's division. Gamaliel son of Pedahaduzer was over the division of the tribe of Manasseh and Abidan son of Gideonai was over the division of the tribe of Benjamin. The military divisions of the camp of Dan with their banner set out 
serving as rear guard for all the camps, and Ahizer, son of Amishadi, was over Dan's division. Pagiel, son of Okran, was over the division of the tribe of Asher, and Ahiri, son of Enan, was over the division of the tribe of Naphtali. This was the order of march for the Israelites by their military divisions as they set out. And just quickly skipping into Exodus 40, 36-38. The Israelites set out whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle throughout all the stages of their journey. If the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire inside the cloud by night, visible to the entire house of Israel throughout all the stages of their journey. And then into Numbers fifteen, sorry, Numbers nine, fifteen to twenty-three. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and it appeared like fire above the tabernacle from evening until morning. It remained that way continuously. The cloud would cover it, appearing like fire at night. Whenever the cloud was lifted up above the tent, the Israelites would set out. At the place where the cloud stopped, there the Israelites camped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at the Lord's command, they camped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they camped. Even when the cloud stayed over the tabernacle many days, the Israelites carried out the Lord's requirements and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle for only a few days. They would camp at the Lord's command and set out at the Lord's command. Sometimes the cloud remained only from evening until morning. When the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Or if it remained a day and a night, they moved out when the cloud lifted. Whether it was two days, a month or longer, the Israelites camped and did not set out as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. But when it was lifted, they set out. They camped at the Lord's command, and they set out at the Lord's command. They carried out the Lord's requirement according to his command through Moses. And then back into Numbers 10. The Israelites travelled on from the wilderness of Sinai, moving from one place to the next until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. Moses said to Hobab, son of Moses, father-in-law Ruel the Midianite, We are setting out for the place the Lord promised. I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. But he replied to him, I don't want to go. I will go to my own land and my relatives. Please don't leave us, Moses said, since you know where we should camp in the wilderness and you can serve as our eyes. If you come with us, whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do for you. They set out from the mountain of the Lord on a three-day journey to seek a resting place for them, with the ark of the Lord's covenant travelling ahead of them for the three days. Meanwhile, the cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the ark set out, Moses would say, Arise, Lord, let your enemies be scattered and those who hate you flee from your presence. When it came to rest, he would say, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. When the Lord heard, his anger burned, and the fire from the Lord blazed among them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So that place was named Taberah, because the Lord's fire had blazed among them. And quickly into Numbers 33.16, they departed from the wilderness of Sinai and camped at Kibroth Hatavah. And then back into Numbers 11, contemptible people among them had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites cried again and said, Who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna. The manna resembled coriander seed, and its appearance was like that of bledium. 
The people walked around and gathered it. They ground it on a pair of grinding stones or crushed it in a mortar, then boiled it into a cooking pot and shaped it into cakes. It tasted like a pastry cooked with the finest oil. When the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people, family after family, crying at the entrance of their tents. The Lord was very angry. Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me and why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me, carry them at your breast as a nursing woman carries a baby? To the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they are crying to me, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They are too much for me. If you are going to treat me like this, please kill me right now. If you are pleased with me, don't let me see my misery any more. The Lord answered Moses, Bring me seventy men from Israel, known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people, so that you do not have to bear it by yourself. Tell the people, Purify yourselves in readiness for tomorrow, and you will eat meat because you cried before the Lord, who will feed us meat. We really had it good in Egypt. The Lord will give you meat and you will eat. You will eat, not for one days or two days or five days or ten days or twenty days, but for a whole mouth until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes nauseating to you, because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and cried to him, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses replied, I am in the middle of a people with 600,000 foot soldiers, yet you say I will give them meat and they will eat for a month. If flocks and herds were slaughtered for them, would they have enough? Or if all the fish in the sea were caught for them, would they have enough? The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's power limited? You will see whether or not what I have promised will happen to you. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He brought 70 men from the elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and spoke to him. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the seventy elders. As the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they never did it again. Two men had remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad. The spirit rested on them. They were among those listed but had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, assistant to Moses, since his youth responded, Moses, my lord, stop them. But Moses asked him, Are you jealous on my account? If only all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. Then Moses returned to the camp along with the elders of Israel. A wind sent by the Lord came up and blew quail in from the sea. It dropped them at the camp all around three feet off the ground, about a day's journey in each direction. The people were up all that day and night and all the next day gathering the quail. The one who took the least gathered 33 bushels and they spread them out around the camp. While the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed, the Lord's anger burdened against the people and the Lord struck them in a very serious plague. So they named that place Kibroth Hatavah because they were buried the people who had craved the meat. From Kibroth Hatavah the people moved on to Hazaroth and remained there. Uh, and then just the chronological in Numbers thirty three seventeen, they departed from Hebroth Hatavah and camped at Hazaroth, and into Numbers twelve. 
Miriam and Aaron criticised Moses because of the Cushite woman he married, for he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? And the Lord heard it. Moses was a very humble man, more so than any man on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, You three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance to the tent, and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them came forward, he said, Listen to what I say. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him directly, openly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The Lord's anger burned against them and he left. As the cloud moved away from the tent, Miriam's skin suddenly became diseased, as white as snow. When Aaron turned towards her, he saw that she was diseased and said to Moses, My Lord, please don't hold us against this sin. We have so foolishly committed. Please don't let her be like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please heal her. The Lord answered Moses, If his father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she remain in disgrace for seven days? Let her be confined outside the camp for seven days. After that she may be brought back in. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was brought back in. There we end day 54. Day 55, we continue through Numbers and the travels with the Israelites. And today we start in Numbers 33 before going back into Numbers 13 and 14. And Numbers 33 and some other chronological parts as we've seen from previous day detail alongside where they go and the journeys that they take. Numbers 33, 18 to 36. They departed from Hazaroth and camped at Rithma. They departed from Rithma and camped at Rimon Perez. They departed from Rimon Perez and camped at Libna. They departed from Libna and camped at Rissa. They departed from Rissa and camped at Kelchalath. They departed from Kelchalath and camped at Mount Shefer. They departed from Mount Shefer and camped at Harada. They departed from Harada and camped at Makalhoth. They departed from Makalhoth and camped at Tahath. They departed from Tahath and camped at Terah. They departed from Terah and camped at Mithka. They departed from Mithka and camped at Hashmana. They departed from Hashmana and camped at Mozaroth. They departed from Mozaroth and camped at Benejakan. They departed from Benejakan and camped at Hor Haggadah. They departed from Hor Haggadah and camped at Jobahath. They departed from Jobahath and camped at Abrona. They departed from Abrona and camped at Ezion Geber. They departed from Ezion Geber and camped in the wilderness of Zin, that is Kadesh. And then Numbers 12, 16. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped at the wilderness of Paran. And Deuteronomy 1, 19-20. We then set out from Horeb and went across all the great and terrible wilderness you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us. When we reached Kadesh Barana, I said to you, You have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. And then into Numbers 13, 1-24. The Lord spoke to Moses, Send men out to scout the land of Canaan I am giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of your ancestral tribes. 
Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. These were their names. Shammuah, son of Zachur, from the tribe of Reuben. Shaphat, son of Hori, from the tribe of Simeon. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Judah. Egal, son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ishkar. Hoshea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Ephraim. Palti, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Benjamin. Gadiel, son of Sodi, from the tribe of Zebulun. Gadi, son of Susi, from the tribe of Manasseh, from the tribe of Joseph. Amiel, son of Gemali, from the tribe of Dan. Sethur, son of Michael, from the tribe of Asher. Nabi, son of Voshbi, from the tribe of Naphtali. Gael, son of Machi, from the tribe of Gad. These were the names of the men Moses sent out to scout the land, and Moses renamed Hushai, son of Nun, Joshua. When Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan, he told them, Go up this way to the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. If the land they live in is good or bad. Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back some fruit from the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and scouted out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance to Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron where Ahimah, Sheshai and Talmi, the descendants of Anak, were living. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes which was carried on a pole by two men. They also took some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut there. And we go into Deuteronomy one twenty one to 24 See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Then all of you approached me and said, Let's send men ahead of us so that they may explore the land for us and bring us back a report about the route we should take and the cities we will come to. The plan seemed good to me, so I selected twelve men from among you, one man for each tribe. They left and went up to the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol, scouting the land. <clears throat> and then back into Numbers 13. At the end of forty days they returned from scouting out the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses... We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed it is flowing with milk and honey and here is some of its fruit. However the people living in the land are strong and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, We must go up and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him responded, We can't go up against this people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The offspring of Anak were descended from the Nephilim. To ourselves we seem like grasshoppers and we must have seemed the same to them. Then into Deuteronomy one twenty-five to 33 
They took some of the fruit from the land in their hands, carried it down to us and brought us back a report. The land our Lord our God is giving us is good, but you are not willing to go up, rebelling against the command of the Lord. You grumbled in your tents and said, The Lord brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, so they would destroy us because he hated us. Where can we go? Our brothers have discouraged us, saying, The people are larger and taller than we are. The cities are large, fortified to the heavens. We also saw the descendants of the Anakim there. So I said to you, Don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God, who goes out before you, will fight for you, just as you saw him do for you in Egypt. And you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all along the way you travelled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God, who went before you on the journey to seek out a place for you to camp. He went in the fire by night and in the cloud by day to guide you on the road you were to travel. And back into Numbers 14. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron, and the whole community told them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and little children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell down with their faces to the ground in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, The land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. While the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me despite all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it, for by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. You, Lord, are seen face to face. How your cloud stands over them and how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your name will declare, Since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and rich in faithful love, forgiving wrongdoing and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the wrongdoing of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested, yet as surely as I live, and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their fathers. 
none of those who have despised me will see it. But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has followed me completely, I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, How long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? I have heard the Israelites' complaints and they have that they make against me. Tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, all of you who were registered in the census, the entire number of you twenty years old or more, because you complained about me. I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised to settle you in, except Caleb son of Jephunneh and Joshua son of Nun. There we end day 55. Day 56 as we continue through Numbers, jumping in and out of parts of Deuteronomy and also with our first Sam. Um, so we start at Numbers 14, 31-38. to I will bring your children whom you said would become plunder into the land you rejoiced and they will enjoy it. But as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the penalty for your acts of unfaithfulness until all your corpses lie scattered in the wilderness. You will bear the consequences of your sins 40 years based on the number of the 40 days that you scouted the land, a year for each day. You will know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. I swear that I will do this to the entire evil community that has conspired against me. They will come to an end in the wilderness and there they will die. So the men Moses sent out to scout the land and who returned and incited the entire community to to complain about him by spreading a bad report about the land. Those men who spread the report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh remained alive of those men who went out to scout the land. Then into Deuteronomy one thirty four to forty six. When the Lord heard your words, he grew angry and swore an oath. None of these men in this evil generation will see the good land I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land in which he has set foot, because he followed the Lord completely. The Lord was angry with me also because of you, and said, You will not enter there either. Joshua, son of Nun, who attends you, will enter it. Encourage him, for he will enable Israel to inherit it. Your little children, whom you said would be plunder, your sons who don't know good from evil, will enter there. I will give them the land, and they will take possession of it. But you are to turn back and head for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. You answered me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight just as our Lord, our God, commanded us. Then each of you put on his weapons of war and thought it would be easy to go up into the hill country. But the Lord said to me, Tell them, Don't go up and fight, for I am not with you to keep you from being defeated by your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you didn't listen. You rebelled against the Lord's command and defiantly went up into the hill country. Then the Amorites who lived there came out against you and chased you like a swarm of bees. They routed you from Seir as far as Horma. When you returned, you wept before the Lord, but he didn't listen to your requests or pay attention to you. For this reason, you stayed in Kadesh as long as you did. And then back into Numbers fourteen thirty-nine to 45. When Moses reported these words to all the Israelites, the people were overcome with grief. 
They got up early the next morning and went up the ridge of the hill country, saying, Let's go to the place the Lord promised, for we were wrong. But Moses responded, Why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. Don't go, because the Lord is not among you, and will be you will be defeated by your enemies. The Amalekites and Canaanites are right in front of you, and you will fall by the sword. The Lord won't be with you, since you have turned from following him. But they dared to go up to the ridge of the hill country, even though the ark of the Lord's covenant and Moses did not leave camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in that part of the hill country came down, attacked them and routed them as, routed them as far as Hormah. And then Psalm 91-17, one of the earliest Psalms. Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam. For in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their life, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows, but by evening it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set our unjust ways before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last seventy years, or if we are strong, eighty years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully, so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love, so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants, and your splendour by their children. Let the favour of the Lord our God be on us. Establish us for the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. And then into Numbers 15 through to 16 verse 2. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter the land I am giving you to settle in, and you make a fire offering to the Lord from the herd or flock, either a burnt offering or a sacrifice, to fulfil a vow, or as a freewill offering, or at your appointed festivals, to produce a pleasing aroma for the Lord. The one presenting his offering to the Lord must also present a grain offering of two quarts of fine flour mixed with a quart of oil. Prepare a quart of wine as a drink offering with the burnt offering or sacrifice of each lamb. If you prepare a grain offering with a ram, it must be four quarts of fine flour mixed with a third of a gallon of oil. Also present a third of a gallon of wine for a drink offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you prepare a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice, to fulfil a vow or as a fellowship offering to the Lord, a grain offering of six quarts of fine flour mixed with two quarts of oil must be presented with the bull. Also present two quarts of wine as a drink offering. It is a fire offering of pleasing aroma to the Lord. This is to be done for each ox, ram, lamb or goat. This is how you must prepare each of them, no matter how many. Every Israelite is to prepare these things in this way, when he presents a fire offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When a foreigner resides with you or someone else is among you, and wants to prepare a fire offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he is to do exactly as you do throughout your generations. 
The Assembly is to have the same statute for both you and the foreign resident as a permanent statute throughout your generations. You and the foreigner will be alike before the Lord. The same law and the same ordinance will apply to both you and the foreigner who resides with you. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, After you enter the land where I am bringing you, you are to offer a contribution to the Lord when you eat from the food of the land. You are to offer a loaf from your first batch of dough as a contribution. Offer it just like a contribution from the threshing floor. Throughout your generations you are to give the Lord a contribution from the first batch of your dough. When you sin unintentionally and do not obey all these commands that the Lord spoke to Moses, all that the Lord has commanded you through Moses, from the day the Lord issued the commands and onward throughout your generations, and if it was done unintentionally without the community's awareness, the entire community is to prepare one young bull for a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, with its grain offering and drink offering according to the regulation, and one male goat as a sin offering. The priest must then make atonement for the entire Israelite community so that they may be forgiven for the sin that was unintentional. They are to bring their offering, one made by fire to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their unintentional sin. The entire Israelite community and the foreigner who resides among them will be forgiven, since it happened to all the people unintentionally. If one person sins unintentionally, he is to present the year-old female goat as a sin offering. The priest must then make atonement before the Lord on behalf of the person who acts in error sinning unintentionally, and when he makes atonement for him, he will be forgiven. You are to have the same law for the person who acts in error, whether he is an Israelite or a foreigner who lives among you. But the person who acts defiantly, whether native or foreign resident, blasphemes the Lord. That person is to be cut off from his people. He will certainly be cut off because he has despised the Lord's word and broken his command. His guilt remains on him. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them that throughout their generations they are to make tassels for the corners of their garments, and put a blue cord on the tassel at each corner. These will serve as tassels for you to look at, so that you may remember all the Lord's commands, and obey them and not become unfaithful, by following your own heart and your own eyes. This way you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses, Aaron and the entire community. They placed him in custody because it had not been decided what should be done to him. Then the Lord told Moses, The man is to be put to death. The entire community is to stone him outside the camp. So the entire community brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now Korah, son of Izar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took 250 prominent Israelite men who were leaders of the community and representatives in the assembly, and they rebelled against Moses. And on that cliffhanger, we end day 56 and week 8 of Bible in a Year.